Hello my friend and welcome to TFU News and Views. I am your host, Anthony Brucali, owner, operator, madman behind TFU.info, the website, the Toy Archive, this podcast, Transformers University podcast, and oh so much more. And I want to welcome you to this kind of just off-the-cuff stream of thought version of TFU News and Views. And there's not been a lot of news lately I can really comment on. Uh, just yesterday, when, as of this recording, uh, the Earthrise 2-pack between with Prowl and um, Ironhide leaked, or at least the news of it leaked. Uh, we still don't know what those are. I'm guessing they're just, well, I'm guessing Prowl is the smokescreen mold, and I'm guessing the Ironhide is just a retool of the uh, Siege mold. But that's that's about all the news commentary I got for you right now. Uh, but I was thinking of putting this together since being in, you know, stay at home, shelter in place, quarantine, whatever you want to call it uh, during this COVID-19 epidemic. And one of the things that I've seen going around Facebook uh, is the 10 or 20 albums that have heavily influenced you uh, in your taste in music. Uh, uh, Tag a friend and see if they do it. And Part of me is a little annoyed that none of my friends tagged me for it. <laughs> the uh, the flip side to that is the friends that would tag me for it posted most of the records that I would have done anyway. But I was thinking about it in a Transformers context. That what are the 20 or so Transformers figures that have influenced me as a collector? Now... I put together a quick little list last night, and it was, I just went, kind of went through the uh, the archive and the individual year listings and picked out toys that I thought were important to me, or um, and I really tried to focus on what was important to me as a collector, as a person, things that aren't necessarily the best figures ever made. Um, I don't think that's a list uh, that I really want to do. Besides. I hate doing lists. I hate not hate doing lists. I don't mind doing them. I do them all the time at home. Um, I hate, hate YouTube videos that are like, that top 10, blah, blah, blah. Um, I used to work on a show on MLB Network called Prime 9, and we used to do the top nine whatever. So it was, uh, it's baseball, so things work in nine. So uh, there's nine players on the field, nine innings in a game. So, so the, they would do top nine lists instead of top ten lists. And it was like, you know, the top ten shortstops of all time. The top ten, you know, catchers of all time. The top ten greatest defense. No, top nine. I'm saying it wrong, aren't I? The top nine greatest defensive plays of all time. And we had one saying in the show that rings absolutely true to internet lists uh, that work like this. Especially YouTube videos that are generally just clickbait and uh, I'm not going to lie, I'm trying to do this a little bit as clickbait too, but videos that are clickbaity to do this, top 10 worst Transformers of all time, right? Um, and that is, lists cause more arguments than they settle. Uh, because there's always someone that feels their thing was left out or their thing, whatever that thing is, is not in the right place. So, that is why there's a giant asterisk on this, 
It is the top 20 most influential Transformers to me. Uh, these are things that I think in my life, in my journey as a Transformers fan and as a collector, influenced me to uh, enjoy this hobby, to continue with this hobby, um, and just to, to, you know, things that have made me really happy to be part of this community. So with that in mind, let's get into the list. But first, check this out. Hey, want to help out this podcast or the website tfu.info? There's a number of ways you can do it. Let me tell you how. You can help us directly by joining our Patreon and enrolling as a student at Transformers University. There, you'll get early access to the podcast as well as exclusive behind-the-scenes peaks and perks for as little as $1 a month. Sign up is quick and easy. Just swing on by to www.patreon.com slash tfuinfo. Another way you can help us is by using our Amazon link, www.tfu.info slash Amazon. Type that into your browser whenever you want to shop at Amazon and a portion of what you spend will be contributed back to us. It's that easy. Finally, you don't become the world's longest running transforming toy archive without some help from other fans. We're always on the hunt for photos of figures and accessories we're missing from our pages. If you'd like to contribute, go to tfu.info slash help for a list of what we need or send an email to info at tfu.info. tfu.info, the alpha trion and omega prime of transforming toys. Now, back to the show. All right, so this list is, I, I've jotted down a bunch of ones I thought were influential to me and came up with a list of about 35 figures. And then I figured, well, and I cut this in about half down to 20. So I started eliminating 15 of them. And then I took the list of 20 and put it in an order from 1 to 20 of things that were most influential to least influential. Now, I would say maybe from 7 or 8 on up, that numbering is, is fairly accurate. Everything else is just kind of interesting little bits of my journey, I think, as a collector that has made me want to be part of this fandom and this community. So before we start, I will say uh, this is not loaded with G1 influences, despite my age and growing up in G1. Uh, this is not going to have the one figure you think is going to be at number one be at number one. I can guarantee that one. Uh, those of you who know me and know my collecting habits and know the one favorite character I have and the one character that gets a shrine in my collection is not at number one. Where is it? Well, you're going to have to wait and find out. But at number 20, and I'll give you this one first. Number 20 is Dark Crumple Zone from the... Transformers Cybertron line from 2006. Um, the line's from 2005, but this figure particularly is from 2006. This made the list because this has been one of my collecting, I don't want to say holy grails. Uh, I own the figure. Uh, this is one of my biggest collecting regrets and also one of the gaps in my current collection that 
I am still looking to fill that it just it's just one of those things that eats away at me because it was of my own stupidity. So let's call this the idiot tax entry. Dark Crumple Zone came with two extra tail fins that were attached to the bottom of the card inside of the box. A lot of people, including myself, never saw these stupid little fins that were attached there. So a lot of us threw them away. Um, it's, I think it's even listed in his TF Wiki entry. Uh, so finding one with the fins is particularly hard. Uh, unless you're buying a sealed one. This figure, Dark Crumple Zone, uh, is something I, I continually go back to eBay on and haven't been able to pull the trigger on a, a new boxed one uh, or find those two fins. Um, because they're missing, it eats away at me, but it also, as a collector, reminds me to make sure I am up on the news because uh, some of my other friends knew about this after the fact and and because uh, that's how i found out they're like where are the fins and i'm like uh, what do you mean where are the fins as a collector this this figure has influenced me to make sure i stay in the know number one and number two whenever i'm opening a figure to make sure that uh, i've got all the pieces and everything that is supposed to be there yeah, it still bugs me. I threw those out. Uh, <laughs> uh, in fact, even when I was uh, getting my collection to move, and oh, I should mention this. So part of what has inspired me to do this um, countdown as we get into the top 19 is that my entire collection, with the exception of uh, a few figures that are here that I've bought since being uh, in the stay-at-home order, uh, is in storage in tubs and or at a, a couple of other places but everything is stored away uh, and to top that off I do not have a place to display my collection once I get back to Florida uh, until we buy a house so I think part of the uh, the drive for this episode is one missing my uh, collection knowing it's in storage and I can't get to it and two knowing that even if I could get to it, I have nowhere to put it yet. And so and I'm really jonesing to have that display area that I used to have back in my old apartment that I haven't had for quite a, quite a while now. And, and uh, so I am really looking forward to putting that back up. Now, on to number two here. And this comes from the Japanese version of the Armada toy line. Uh, and the Armada version of this figure is very good. The Energon version of this figure also very good. The mold itself is really what we're talking about here, but I'm going to go with the really the best color deco that they did for this one, and that is Micron Legend Tidal Wave. Uh, well, Shockwave in Japan. Uh, this is the Tidal Wave figure from 2002. Yes, 2002 or 2003. Um, the 2002. And that figure is just loads of fun. And I had a couple of Armada entries in my initial listing, and I kind of eliminated a few because I can get the same point across. I could say Armada Megatron, but uh, which Tidal Wave does attach to. Um, this really ramped up the fun of Transformers, and it gave me a chance to make sure I look at, at my collecting and my collection and my toys um, as implements of fun they have gimmicks they have features they're not supposed to be you know 
artists renditions of things we see on the screen they're not live sculptures they're not things that are meant to be in a museum though they could be i guess they are ultimately toys and if they're not fun then why are we collecting them right i mean there's sure there are other reasons but fun has to be the underlying factor and i think the armada line uh, as exemplified by many toys in it is a lot of fun and the tidal wave figure the fact that it can connect to any of those megatron molds and i think subsequently can also connect to some of the cybertron uh, leaders Megatron and Optimus and those molds I've never tried it but I think the uh, I believe I read somewhere the connection point is the same that's something we have to uh, play around with at some point uh, because that just seems like a fun way to go and Cybertron Optimus Prime almost made the list uh, uh, with Leo Breaker but that, that was two figures that kind of have to be played together to make the list and I have other things on here that that are, are in that vein uh, because combining is a lot of fun, and that will take us to number 18, Generation 1 Computron. Um, this wasn't the first combiner I completed as a kid. I had a couple of Autobot combiners. Actually, I had two. I had Computron and Superion, and I had bits of <laughs> I had bits of Defensor, and I think I had Sinner Twin, and I had a couple of um, Sinner Twin filled in on my Menasaur. <laughs> For Dragstrip, who I didn't have, but the rest of uh, Menasaur I did have as a kid. But just combiners in general, G1 combiners, had that that great feel of just being able to not only add the element of transforming from one robot to another, but to make them into something bigger and more sinister or, or, or just more powerful. Uh, that definitely influenced my collecting. And the reason I chose Computron over Superion, in this sense, uh, as much as I probably like the aerial bots more, the Computron figure is just really pretty. I remember being a kid and being like, this thing looks really cool. It's big, it's blocky, it's got that giant chest plate, and uh, the colors all really match well. So that would be the the next one there, and I know it's probably, probably counted as five figures, but we're going to count it as one here. There's a couple times we're going to count multiple figures as one entry here. And that leads me to number 17 on my collecting journey that I think was really influential on me. And that is G2 Devastator. Why G2, you ask? Well, at the time when G2 Devastator came out, I was probably in my first, I was in my first year of high school, it was my freshman year, first semester when I saw it. Uh, so I was out of junior high and in high school. And I was kind of collecting G.I. Joe on the, um, on the down low a little bit because when you're in high school you really shouldn't be collecting toys or at least that's what people would let you to think back in 1992 yeah 90 late 92 uh, early 93 and i remember being in kb toys in the queen center mall in queens and looking at gi joe's because also those were cheap <laughs> they were three bucks each so they were easy to uh uh pick up uh on occasion uh and seeing g2 on the shelves and being uh, stunned because these were all the Transformers toys I didn't get a shot at the first time around, uh, with the exception of G1 Slag, which is one I had. The most of those G2 figures I didn't have, and Bumblebee. Um, and the reason I picked G2 Devastator is I didn't have many Decepticons, and I really wanted Devastator because I couldn't figure out how he combined. 
he was so much different than those Scramble City bots. And looking at the Devastator in um, the Transformer catalogs that I still had, I, I just didn't know how to put them together. So I think that one was a big influence on my collecting. And it was feeling like I could I could do this as a hobby, as a way to collect uh, that wasn't you know baseball cards or comics. And it was something different and cool and fun. And that's why I would put G2 Devastator into this list. Now, at 16, Power Master Optimus Prime. And while we talk about being able to go back to toys and molds that you missed out on, Power Master Optimus Prime for me as a kid was my chance to have an Optimus Prime. I missed out on G1 Optimus because I was a GoBots kid um, for the most part. I loved GoBots. I had a couple of Transformers, but not many. I had uh, Jazz, Slag, and um, Bumblebee, and Brawn, I think. I think those were the a ball and I probably had a knockoff uh, sound wave and uh, shockwave, <laughs> but uh, most of my toys were, were GoBots because I liked the GoBots first and I stuck with it. But uh, Power Master Optimus was my chance, especially after um, the return of Optimus Prime, to really go, All right, this is my Optimus and he is back. And I just loved that toy. And uh, fun fact you can uh, hide. Uh, decoys in the back of his vehicle mode uh those doors swing down uh there's not a lot of figures that can fit back there but those decoys certainly can so you can kind of use them as a troop transport for those now speaking of uh, my love of gobots we're going to go at number 15 here with the e-hobby minibots set which was uh six g1 mold minibots painted up and named after tonka gobots and Ultimately, looping the GoBots continuity into the Transformers continuity post the Hasbro buyout of Tonka Toys, who owned GoBots. So this was just a neat set. It kind of legitimized GoBots as part of the Transformers continuity and Transformers canon. And for me, as someone who grew up as a GoBots fan, uh, just knowing that that existed, and that was also an eHobby exclusive, which was really cool, uh, for me as a collector, it just felt, it was, it made me feel a little validated. Uh, now, on to number 14. In my uh, list here, top 20 Transformers figures, most influential to me. Number 14, another tailender from G1, Action Master Bumblebee. And this was one that, it always irked me as a kid, <laughs> that Bumblebee transformed the way he did on the show not because of the motion but because his autobot symbol moved from the front of his volkswagen mode which was his foot to the middle of his chest and there was never an explanation to why or how that worked um later on the masterpiece bumblebee figure would actually allow you to do both uh have him in one have that symbol in one spot or the other but action master bumblebee was the first kind of like it didn't transform, but it was like the first really cartoon-accurate representation of the toy. And I think, for me, that influenced my taste in figures that were accurate to some sort of media. Um, it's not that I don't like figures that aren't accurate to media. I love G1 Ironhide and Ratchet because they look nothing like they're supposed to. Um, but having a, a little bit of a taste for that, I think all of us do as fans in some way... But that was the one that kind of really clued me into that that could be a thing. Like, you really, you know, you could have a toy that looks like the cartoon. Uh, 
And so that influenced me with that one. And in that same notion, the next one on my list at number 13 is Transformers Animated Bumblebee. The reason behind this one is that when I saw the promo images for Transformers Animated, I was not impressed and I was not interested. Um, Like probably many Transformers fans. I mean, I probably wasn't as hostile towards it. It just felt like, all right, I can punch out on this one. And I'm glad I didn't. And the reason I didn't was seeing the animated Bumblebee toy at BotCon that year. And they had given out some samples uh, to the folks, I think, that went to the dinner uh, at that BotCon, which I did not, but my friends did. And, you know, I got to fiddle around with some of them. I was amazed, absolutely amazed, that they could pull off the look of what was on screen in plastic form. Because the art was very stylized. It was very much, um, very cartoony. And it felt like, you know, there was going to have to be a lot of compromise going from screen to plastic. And there wasn't. And that was incredibly impressive to me. Uh, And, you know, it's something very unique to that part of Transformers history, uh, Transformers Animated, that that stylized look and that particular look of animated uh, doesn't exist anywhere else in in the Transformers universe. And that then gives you a very unique set of figures to collect. So I think, it, one, it, Transformers Animated reminded me, and Transformers Animated Bumblebee as a figure reminded me, to keep an open mind uh, that looks could be deceiving uh, until we see an in experience the media around the figure and around the brand and around the line and just made me happy that it existed and I think that's why uh, that figure is on the list. And that brings us into our top 12 and at number 12 is Generation 2 Cyberjet Hooligan and I could have put all the Cyberjets into this list. Um, I mean there's only three toolings and uh six original G2 characters, a couple of from the Robot Masters and Universe lines. Um, the fact that these got used over and over again is a good indication of why those molds, and as I'm singling out Hooligan, uh, are so important to Transformers history, number one, and to me as a collector. Um, I missed out on them uh, when they originally came out. These are ones I found. They used to find them for 3 for $10 at uh, KB Toys in their clearance bin. And that was in 96 or early 90, late 96 or early 97, I found them. These are from 94. And these toys are certainly the turning point uh, to, to some extent. Uh, them and the laser rods and the um, laser cycles uh, of shifting to ball joint technology and ball joints as a way of making figures not just only transform, but also be posable and playable action figures. And I think the best indication of this from this time period and from uh, the mid-90s in general is G2 Hooligan. He has a fun, you know, feature of his missile uh, being pressure launched and he is super posable and looks great in both modes. And as a collector, I think this figure in particular uh, showed to me the importance of a figure that does look good in both modes, uh, but is also fun in both modes. And I really wish they'd revisit this to some extent 
Um, and I guess they did with the Cyberverse line under the Prime series of toys. Yeah, I know that gets convoluted. TFWiki.net, figure it out. But G2 Hooligan and that, that tooling is by far one of my favorites and uh, certainly made me uh, love that concept. At number 11 is Beast Wars 2nd Lyo Convoy. And now you may say, Ant, that's not really that good of a toy. And one, I would disagree with you. It's not the most well-designed toy. It It's a fun toy, though. It's got some great gimmicks, some great features. But for me personally, and the reason I chose this over his counterpart, Beast Wars 2nd Galvatron, uh, this toy reminds me of my first BotCon. Uh, BotCon 99 in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, just, you know, meeting all those people that I knew online in person for the first time and and being, God, I was 99, so I was 21. I wasn't even 21 yet. I was 20 years old. Uh, that weekend was just so much fun. And and, and uh, that particular toy, Beast Wars Neo, Lyle Convoy, brings back all those personal memories to me. That said, there was also a number of really cool repaints around this toy. The Flash Lyle Convoy, which is actually really cool looking. And then the Black Lyle Convoy. Um, I never got a Galva Lyle Convoy, which is incredibly expensive, but certainly much more available than any of the other uh, weird um, contest prizes from that era. But that toy to me, yeah, it holds a personal uh, love. I have a personal love for that toy because of of the memories of Bakka 99. And trust me, Bakka 99, that toy, and Galvatron, and I think I picked both of them up that year, um, were the hot figures. Those two and the um, Metal Force Optimus Prime statue were the hot commodities at that convention on top of the two exclusives from that year, Sandstorm and Windraiser. And that will wrap up 11 through 20. The more I worked on this episode, the more I realized that this needed to be a two-parter. Uh, I don't want to flood your podcast feed, especially if you're not commuting like me and I have a ton of backlog of podcasts to listen to. Didn't want to flood your feed with an overly long episode. So give this a listen and stay tuned because the top 10 most influential Transformers to me is coming up next time on TFU News and Views. I am your host, Anthony Brucalli, owner, operator, madman behind TFU.info. See it. Thanks for listening to the show. Stick around to hear what's coming up next episode. But first, I want to fill you in on a few ways you can stay in touch with the show. Want to be on the show? Leave us a voicemail at 702-763-4838. That's 702-POD-4TFU. Or... Send an email to info at tfu.info. Be sure to catch us on Twitter at tfu underscore info and on Facebook and Instagram under the username tfuinfo, all one word. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash tfuinfo, where we post all of our podcasts plus special video segments, reviews, and live coverage of 
Transformers-related events such as New York Toy Fair and New York Comic Con. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit us at www.tfu.info, the world's longest-running transforming toy archive.